live from my man cave in Chesapeake, Virginia, this is MLS Gone Wild. I'm your host, Blake, here to bring you the latest news, rumors, opinions, analytics, interviews, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 5, Episode 2. This is your host, Blake. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, I'm joined by 2021 Big West Men's Soccer Offensive Player of the Year for UC Davis, standout forward for San Jose Earthquakes 2, the first player to ever be taken in the Super Draft from MLS Next Pro, Columbus Crew's first-round pick, 14th overall, in this year's MLS Super Draft by way of Fresno, California, Max Arfston. Max, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. Thank you. What an introduction. That was good. I tried to really go big on the intros, man. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> All right. So before we get to know Max on the pitch, let's get to know you off of it with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. This is kind of a random one. Never asked a player this, but I think it's interesting. What was your first job? Oh, my first job. Um, I used to work like soccer camps with my with some local coaches back in my hometown so i guess that's like a little summer job so i'll say that give me a non-soccer related job um this sounds bad but i don't think i've ever had one guys dedicated to the game okay baby yeah. <laughs> all right what's your best non-soccer related skill um ooh, best non-soccer related skill i'm good at i'm good at golf that's not soccer related. I know it's sport related, but I like going to hit the driving range and stuff like that. So I'm okay. not bad at it. Have you golfed with any of the guys on the crew? No. Oh, actually, wait. Yeah. Like Keegan Hughes, he's a new guy. I, mm-hmm. I've golfed with him. And the other draft guy, Xavier Zenge. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've gone golfing a couple of times, actually. But none of the guys who have like been there for a while, not yet. What else do you like to do when you're not playing? I enjoy reading. Like recently, I've been... Like, I like to read books, and um, I also like listening to music and, like, stuff having to do with music. Like, I like that. Um, other than that, like, nothing really crazy. Just kind of chill out, maybe play FIFA with my friends, but, yeah, that's about it. Okay. I mean, you got the flow. You're from California. You don't do any surfing? Everyone always assumes that, but I did not grow up near the – I didn't grow up near the water, but I like going to the beach. That actually reminds me. I like going to the beach. I like – um like the sun definitely like that brings the California out of me. So yeah, but I've, I've never been a surfer or anything like that. Surprising. Right, well, well, you don't have to worry about that in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the last thing you binge watched on Netflix? Outer Banks. Dude, it's so good. I had a feeling you were going to say that. It's insane. It's so good. Like it really is. That's funny. You said that. Cause I literally just like was watching it like today. The only reason that that question is in here is because I have been binge watching Outer Banks. Yeah, Outer Banks, unreal. To anybody watching, you guys got to watch that. If at some point this, the team decides to make the rookies get up and sing as a form of initiation, and I don't know, that might have happened already, what song are you singing and getting almost every word correct? That did happen, so you're right. And I sang, I sang Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, everybody's heard that. Was that just because it was like you were confident you were going to hit all the words? Oh, okay, so I wanted to pick something that was like a sing-along vibe and also that I knew everybody would know the words to. So yeah, it was kind of a simple choice for me, but it was between, for me, it was between that or I was going to do Hotline Bling by Drake, but I went with Part of the USA. I feel like it was easier, but I mean, I feel like my performance was like 
not bad. Could have been better. I'm going to go like 8 out of 10. Yeah? Was it the best rookie performance? Honestly, I'm going to go with yes. Mm. The bar was pretty low, but I thought I was solid. I'll bet on myself. <laughs> now, when you sang the part where it said, put your hands up, was everybody's hands up? Yeah, see, that I was glad that that happened. I, if, if that didn't happen, I would have been upset, but that did happen. So, <laughs> Did anybody come up and like help you with the duet? Um, so at, like first, raise I the wanted, energy? at first, I wanted to do a duet with um my friend Keegan, but they didn't allow it. The older guys were like, no, nah, you guys got to do your own. So then I was like, damn, it's a bummer, but yeah. I just did it by myself, went solo. Gutsy. Gutsy for the rookie, man. Has there yeah. been any other kind of initiations? Um, No, not really. Knock on wood, but no. I'm hoping that I don't have to buy any dinners or anything like that, but so far, nothing besides that. Yeah, with that big rookie contract, man. Have you bought yourself anything nice with that first contract? Not yet. Can't say I have yet. I'm saving right now, but we'll see. I'll let you know if I do. I splurge right. a little bit. Mm. Love to hear that. If you were to write your own autobiography, what would you title it and why? I like this question. I would title it ambition, just that one word. And the reasoning is just because I feel like my whole life I've been very goal-driven. I know that sounds like a cliche answer, but it's true. I do feel like I'm goal-driven and I feel like it also reflects like my attitude in this moment with what I'm doing with the Columbus crew. You know, like I'm new, obviously I'm a rookie, um, I want to set the bar high and, you know, aim high, accomplish, you know, my goals and just have a growth mindset. And for me, all those things morphed into one, just kind of reflect back to ambition. So I think that's a good one. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And we will get back to that mindset and your mentality later on in the podcast. We'll actually close with that. And I think that'll be a perfect way to close the episode. But last question before we get into the soccer, even though this is kind of soccer takes you back to your roots. Why soccer? What made you fall in love with the beautiful game? Yeah, I agree. It is a beautiful game. I just feel like from a young age, you know, soccer is, I feel like for most kids in the U.S., like the first sport that they play, whether it's like, you know, when they're like with their little school team or whatever. But for me, I just loved playing with my friends, whether it was like at the park or like in the street or just, you know, just having the freedom of just like playing like not really like nothing really else like mattered besides like playing in that moment. And I still feel like that to this day, like whenever I'm on the field, like anything I'm going through, like off the field or like anything that's going on, like, it just doesn't matter. Like I'm just having fun. I'm in the moment. And I just feel like that sense of freedom. So for me, that's why soccer, it was always just like, it was fun for me and it still is fun for me. So that's probably why I started playing in the beginning. That's awesome, Max. All right, now let's fast forward to your soccer career that spanned 2,300 miles from Fresno, California to Columbus, Ohio. After two successful collegiate seasons at UC Davis in 2019 and 2021, in which you earned Big West All-Freshman Team and Offensive Player of the Year honors, you made the decision to forego your collegiate career and sign an MLS Next Pro contract with San Jose Earthquakes too. Max, talk to me about the factors and the sacrifice that went into making that important life-changing decision. Yeah, honestly, that was probably the toughest decision like I've had to make in terms of my career this far. And I remember it like I kept going back and forth um, with whether I should do it. And obviously, at the time, my college coach was telling me not to do it. it wasn't a good idea. Stay in school, get your degree, like get drafted. So then I was like, I was really torn. But basically, it just came down to like it for me personally, it just came down to like wanting to get better. Like I really I knew I wasn't going to get better playing at UC Davis as opposed to playing in an MLS Next Pro environment. So 
for me, that's really what like my core like value was and what I wanted to do was to get better because I knew I needed to. Um, but on the other side, it was like I was getting told like, oh, you're going to get drafted if you stay, blah, blah, blah. So it was tough. I, I honestly like I spent like like a month like going back and forth with it because like it was on the table. And I was just like, I don't know, but it was definitely difficult. But to answer the question in a short answer, I would say like just honestly, like the priority for me was to improve. And I know the age that I'm at or I was was like a crucial time to improve. And that was honestly what, you know, prompted me to make the decision. But it was difficult. In addition to your head coach at UC Davis, did anybody else help you make that decision or come to that conclusion? Yeah, like. Like I talked to um I talked to some people who had like played professionally that I knew and they told me like in terms of improvement and development, like it's a no brainer, like you should go play at San Jose. Um but do you do you mind me asking who those people were? Yeah, you can ask. Um one of my friends, Milton Blanco, I don't know, he's he's a local guy from Fresno, but I spoke with him about it a lot and I'm close with him and he told me like in terms of development, like it's a no brainer, you should do this. And then the only thing that was a question mark was like it since it was a brand new league and there was like no one really knew like how it was going to be all that stuff. But like my parents and then at, my, at the time, like I had been speaking with like an agent and, you know, he told me the same thing. So I feel like I got information from good sources and people who had lived through it, who um kind of gave me like the, the knowledge of like in terms of getting better, like it's not a question like you should do this. So, yeah, sounds like you got a lot of good advice. And you talk about MLS Next Pro being in its inaugural season. Although it was new, you went into it like it was, you know, you were used to playing at that level. Nine goals, six assists, and played more minutes than anyone else on San Jose Earthquakes too. Following your successful season in the inaugural year of MLS Next Pro, you became the first player in history to be selected in the MLS Super Draft from that reserve league. How did your time spent in MLS Next Pro prepare you for, for the MLS and what does it mean to you to blaze the trail and be the first reserve league player selected in the MLS Super Draft? Yeah, to answer the first part of the question, I definitely think that it helps me a lot. Like I said, like when I looked at myself at UC Davis compared to like where I was at the end of the next pro season with San Jose, I feel like I was a lot just more well-rounded player in terms of like knowing or understanding the game more, having a better IQ, you know, just like I said, being more well-rounded. Um so, yeah, and I, I also understand, like, the point of the league is to develop players to make the MLS. So that's the whole point. And I think another thing that helps me was, like, as you, I'm sure you've seen with, like, Columbus, like, there's there's a lot of first-team players that come down and train or, and play in the games whenever, like, whether they're coming back from injury, whether they, you know, are trying to get minutes. So that was also going on in San Jose. So I got exposed to those MLS players, like, almost every game. So I think that helped me a lot, too, just to stack up and see where I was. And then – in terms of, you know, how I feel like being the first MLS Next Pro player to be drafted, honestly, like, at the time, I didn't really think anything of it, you know? I didn't um, I didn't even realize it really until after everybody was kind of telling me, like, oh, you're the first one. I think it's super cool, and, you know, I'm obviously proud of it, and I'm happy with, like, the platform of MLS Next Pro because, like, it worked out well for me, and I think, like I said, the whole purpose of the league is for players to make that jump. Um, I know in my situation specifically, it was unique in the sense that like, I got drafted by a different team that I played for. So it was kind of weird, but I mean, I'm thankful for it and obviously grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. And it's definitely a unique path to pro. We talk about path to pro all the time. Team like Philadelphia Union, team that you guys just played, is known for signing their homegrown players. 
that's also what the MLS Super Draft is there for, to find those top-tier collegiate players, bring them in. And you were the first of a new path to pro that, you know, you blazed that path. A lot of players after you were also going to use that mechanism and make that jump through that that path that you you blazed. So, yeah, December 22nd, 2022, draft day, right? A day I'm sure you'll probably never forget. What were you doing and who were you with when you found out you were selected 14th overall by the Columbus crew? So I was with my family that whole day. I remember. So basically, I'll tell you the story. So we were watching the draft and the moment that I got picked, I was actually with my brother and I was playing FIFA because like I was thinking too much about the draft. And I was like, if I keep watching it and like if every pick goes by and I'm not getting picked, I'm just going to get upset. So that's what I was doing in the moment. And then I remember when I did hear my name, I just like stopped playing and I like obviously like embraced my family and we shared that moment together. So yeah, it was definitely special and I was super happy about it, but that's what I was doing. Did you win that game of FIFA? No, I probably, I lost because I quit. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So leading up to draft day, did you know you were going to hear your name called and were there other teams outside of Columbus that expressed interest in drafting you? Yeah. So kind of to answer the first question, like I did not even know that I was draft eligible until maybe like a week before the draft. And a lot of people don't know that, but I had no idea. So when I found out, I was kind of like, damn, well, like, obviously, like, let's, like, I was talking to my agent, like, let's push to get drafted. Like, this is what I want. And then, so I'm sure he was working, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. And then going into the draft, like, like, I didn't hear anything about um, any teams, but being that I played with um, San Jose, like, in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking, like, well, maybe they will pick me. So that's kind of what I thought, just based on the fact that I play with them. But then going like as the job kept continuing going on, like my agent was texting me and was he said like there were a couple of teams that were interested, but nothing was for sure. So. So regardless if you thought you were going to be selected or not, the MLS Twitter admin obviously wasn't prepared <laughs> because they didn't even have a picture of you to post when the announcement was made. Uh, what was your reaction to seeing that? Yeah, that was funny. I- I was getting a lot of uh, people were clowning me for that. But yeah, I think like, to be honest, like I know they may, might not have expected it, but they could have picked any picture on Google to put on there. So that's on them. But looking back on it, it's kind of funny. But in the moment, I was like, wow, really? Like this moment, like that's the picture I get. That's what I was thinking at first. <laughs> hey, but but it's memorable, right? People have talked about it. People are going to remember that. No, yeah, for sure. And like when Columbus announced my signing, I don't know if you saw, but it was yeah. like, the glow up. I thought that was kind of funny too. <laughs> yeah. That was a good way to capitalize on, on MLS's mistake there. <laughs> yeah. So you've always been a California kid. You grew up playing for California Odyssey soccer club and attended San Joaquin Memorial high school in Fresno. UC Davis was just a three hour drive North on 99. San Jose was even closer. Columbus, Ohio. Well, that's a uh, easy 34 hour drive across country, 2,366 miles to be exact. Personally, what challenges have you faced moving cross country away from the place you called home for 21 years? And how's it been adjusting to life in Columbus so far? Well, first of all, credit to you for doing your homework on the highways and the miles and stuff. That's pretty cool. You know that. But um, yeah, I'd say the main challenges is simply just like being away from my family, my friends. Um, I think that's like the biggest challenge, just because like you said, my whole life in California, I was always like easily able to go, you know, see my friends if I wanted to like drive to go see my family. So 
now I can't do that, obviously. I think another thing is maybe the weather, but I'm already kind of getting used to that. It's really not that bad. Um, but adjusting to life in Columbus, one thing I really do like about it so far is, like, I feel like I could really just, like, be locked into the soccer aspect of it. I don't really have many distractions. And another thing that I was actually thinking about today is it's, like, a new start for me. Like, it's a refreshing, like, I'm in a new place. I'm meeting new people. Like, I... I think the element of just like exploring a new city and a new state that I've never been to that a lot of people that I know have never been to is also kind of cool. And like I said, it's just refreshing. So I think I'm adjusting well. Like I said, I'm making like every day I'm more comfortable with the guys on the team, you know, like making friends and stuff. So I'm adjusting well. But yeah, definitely I miss my family and friends. So has there been a player or players in particular that have taken you under their wing and made your time adjusting to Columbus any easier? Yeah, um, there's been a couple like. I think, like, in terms of, like, adjusting to Columbus, like, the goalkeeper Eloy, Eloy Room, me and him are pretty cool. Um, so I think, yeah, he's, like, tried to make me feel comfortable around Columbus, like, if I need anything. But more on the field, um, it just depends. But, like, sometimes, like, Darlington will tell me, like, words of advice, Kevin Molino, because he's more of, like, an attacking player. So, you know, honestly, though, like, all the guys have been super nice to me and, like, giving me advice like encouraging me to stay confident, like keep playing my game, stuff like that. So it's been good. Like, like I said, the, the older guys have been like super nice to me. So what about some of the young guys, the other MLS next pro guys, Patrick Schalte, Mo Farsi and Philip Quentin. Yeah. Those guys are my guys. They're funny. Um, Yeah. Those are the young guys that I usually hang out with more, like whenever we're eating or like at the hotels, stuff like that. So like that group, yeah. Like Patrick, Philip, Sean, um, Jason, Mo, like, those guys are cool too. Like we all like kick it and stuff on away trips. So yeah, like I said, all the guys are cool, but the young guys is probably who I would just, I say I hang out with more. Before becoming, <laughs> before becoming the Columbus crew head coach, Wilfred Nance spent five years coaching the Montreal Academy, five years as the first team assistant and two seasons as head coach of CF Montreal throughout his time in Montreal. And even now in his short time in Columbus, he has built a reputation as a coach dedicated to playing and developing the young guys like yourself, Max. In your time spent working with Nance, in what ways, both physically on the field and mentally, has he helped you develop into a first-team player? It's a good question. Um, yeah, mentally, I feel like just like his mantras and the things he says and like the way he's like, he's really passionate about the game. And he's um, he was a former player, so I feel like all of us players have that respect to him. And since he was a former player, he also has that respect, like, for us. So I think that respect being, like, a two, two-way two street, it just creates a good dynamic. But for me personally, mentally, it's just, like, he always encourages me, like, to not be afraid to make mistakes. And, like, he always emphasizes, like, even in big groups, like, with whether it's the whole team or just me, like, he's like, I don't care if you make a mistake. Like, if you're trying to do the right thing, then that's fine because, like, I know next time you'll do it right. Or, like, if I do make a mistake, like, just react to it well and, like, try to win the ball back and not, like, you know, throw my hands up or something like that. So I think just, like, he's mentally helped me just to stay sharp and not be afraid to make mistakes, you know. And that environment has just, like, it's helped me feel more comfortable when I'm playing. So, yeah, I'll say that mentally. And then physically, like, for me personally, it's just, like, the defensive aspect of it and defensive work rate. Even, like, for, like, an attacking player like myself or any other attacking players for that matter, like, just emphasizing that the defensive part of it and like the pressing is just as important. So I think I would say that for me, like physically. 
In addition to Nancy's reputation for developing young players and coaching up, Nancy is also known for his unique 3-4-2-1 formation that doesn't feature wingers. During your collegiate career and time spent with Quakes 2, you featured primarily as like a right winger. Because mm-hmm. of that, has it been difficult adjusting to Nancy's system and which position suits your strengths and style of play best with Nancy's preferred formation? Yeah, that's definitely something I I like heard about before I got here and I was a little bit worried, but um yeah, uh, adjusting to it at first was a little difficult just because, like, in that formation, the spacing is, like, a lot different when I usually played, like, a 4-3-3 growing up. But I feel like now that, like, I've, un- like, w- watching the film and, you know, going through it and training and the way he explains it and just kind of puts the pieces together, I understand it a lot better. Um, and honestly, like, I feel extremely comfortable and confident now going every day into training. But I think – like wing back position is what suits me the best. That's what I would say. That's why I've been playing primarily. Um, but with that being said, I also feel like if called upon, I could also play one of the two ten positions just because mm-hmm. like in San Jose, I would come inside a lot and kind of like be like in the pockets. So I think I could do either, but I think wing back is definitely like suits me the best. And that's what I've been learning the most. So yeah, I like it honestly so far. Which side of the wing back? Um, it's a good question. I honestly like playing on the right side more, but because you um, like to cut in on that left foot. Yeah, I know that. That's what I love to do. But I think in this system, I'll probably be on the left more because of the service you can provide. Because of the service, and um, I think in the build up too, I'm probably better on that side. But we'll see. You never know. I I think I can play both, but. Yeah. I think so too. I wasn't expecting you to say wing back. I thought you were going to say, like you said, one of those two center attacking midfielder positions. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, I know. I honestly thought that as well too at first, but now that I've been playing every day in training and stuff, like, I don't know, that's just primarily what I've excelled in. So. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I've interviewed plenty of players on this podcast that featured higher up the field collegiately. And once they get to MLS, they're outside backs and they've been awesome outside backs. So I hope the same thing happens for you. We touched a little bit on your style of play and strengths a little bit. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, um, my style of play, I think I'm just like an aggressive attacking player to keep it short, but I love to go at players, whether it's 1v1 or like anything in the passage of play having to do with going forward or like a counterattack. I just think it's like, I just like I thrive in those areas when it's just like instinctual. Um I also think that an underrated quality of mine is I can come inside if I need to and distribute and turn and dish it out and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. I think my strengths in general would just be like one of the ones and like creating things for my teammates as well. Okay. So from college to MLS next pro to now MLS, you've consistently shown the ability to rise to the next level. Max, what motivates you? Talk to me about your attitude and mentality and how those two things have allowed you to succeed on every playing field. Yeah, that's that's the money question right there. Um, I think my motivation, first and foremost, is like being where I'm from. Like uh, like you said earlier, I'm from Fresno, California, and like it's like in the center of California. So there's not really any like academies that are nearby or anything like that. So with that, there's also not that much opportunity, but for me being the position that I'm in right now, like I really just want to like make it seem like it's possible and make it seem like 
you know, like through hard work and all that, like it definitely can be achieved from other people that like younger people or anyone that's my age that's from there, like doing their thing, trying to make it right now. Um, But with my attitude, which kind of goes hand in hand, like I always like from a young age have just felt like there's more work to do. Like I'm never finished. Like, like there's no finish line mentality. Like no matter where I'm at, where I'm playing, whether like when I was at Davis or like where, whether like it's now in Columbus, like I just have the mentality that like I there's more work to do like there's so much more I can achieve like there's so much more I can accomplish so that's my definitely my attitude um and then that goes with my mentality like just no finish line like keep going no matter what no matter if someone thinks I haven't achieved anything or if someone thinks I've achieved a lot like for me it's just like staying like focused and centered and just feeling like there's so much more I can achieve and that's truly how I feel so I feel like that allows me to succeed and be humble, but believe in myself at the same time. You said no finish line. You've, you've been drafted. You signed your first MLS contract, but what's next for you? What goals do you have for your rookie season ahead? Yeah. Um, obviously like right now I'm starting with like small goals that lead up to big goals, but I want to make my debut. That's the first thing I want to do. Cause that's always been a dream of mine. And then after that, I want to combine for, I want to score a goal obviously, but I want to combine for five, goals and assists whether it's four goals one assist five goals zero assists I don't know but that's like the number I'm going for and I also want to just have I want to have 10 or more appearances um I know those could be like maybe no I think I think they're realistic so it's fine but like that's just what I would love to do for this season being that it's my first season and you know I'm coming in new guy rookie but I think those are some landmarks I'd like to achieve and then a more general goal that I have is just like improve defensively, especially with the position that I've been playing. Um, I think it would just benefit me, whether regardless of what position I play, whether it's pressing or so I just want to improve defensively too. Five goals plus assists. I love that. Yeah, me too. Good number. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, man. Uh, but before I let you go, do you have anything else you want to say to Nordeka and the crew faithful ahead of Christmas 2023? Yeah, I'm excited for Christmas. It's going to be my first one. But not to Nordeki and the crew faithful. Just thank you guys for being loyal supporters. And I'm excited for you guys to watch us play our first home game. And, yeah, I hope you guys are excited for the season because I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, I'm excited. Crew fans, don't let that 4-1 loss to Philadelphia get you guys down. They're going to grow from here. It's only up from here, right? No finish line. This team will continue improving like Max talked about. All right, Max, thanks for hopping on MLS Gone Wild, man. Yeah, of course. Like I said, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to MLS Gone Wild Season 5, Episode 2, featuring Columbus Crew's first-round draft pick, Max Arfston. Be sure to tune into Crew's opening home match of 2023 this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. as they look to bounce back versus Wayne Rooney's D.C. United. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.